For Truth with a Texas Twang, Fireside Talk Radio, the show where women ponder the things we store in our hearts. Host Kathy Carafi invites experts to talk openly about what women care about, like how to create lifelong companionship, dealing with mental illness in our families, bullying at school, and many others. You name it, we talk about it. Listen in now as Kathy helps us find answers to our most tender questions. Welcome to Camp Crafty's Fireside Talk Radio, where our goal is to ponder over all the tried and true stuff we women store away in our hearts as we knit our families together in lifelong fellowship. Our favorite verse on this show is that Mary kept all these things and pondered them in her heart. Luke 2.19. Now, I usually start every show thanking my sponsor, Home Instead, because they have been so generous and so gracious to me over the last year and a half to all of us by getting these great messages out there and bringing on these heroic people. But today, my husband, David Craffy, and I would like to just honor a beautiful friend of ours who is, uh, it's so appropriate for this show. So we are dedicated, we've never done this before, but we are dedicating this show to my close friend, Marcia Sue Harrison, who passed away recently, and she was the epitome of a strong woman. And I didn't know if I could get through this. She was the epitome of a strong woman, and in her honor, we are dedicating this show to her because of the impact she had on our community here in East Texas. And so I am very pleased to announce, in honor of Marcia, that we have a really outstanding guest today. You're in for such a treat. Cynthia Tobias, thank you so much for joining me. Oh, I'm so glad to be here. Thank you, Kathy. And I would I would love it that you're honoring Marcia. Well, thank you for that. And and I know if she was with us, she would be really tickled about this, and so would my mom. They were very good friends, and they together dreamed big for this community. And we have a Discovery Science Place Museum here, for instance, because of uh, them and a whole team of people. They would never take credit for one thing. They like to bring all kinds of people together to accomplish big goals. But they, they were women that like to dream big. And Cynthia, I know that is your life story. God has put you on an amazing path. So I'm going to very quickly, because I want to hear your story myself from your in your words, but I want my listening friends to know what a treat it is to have you on the show today. So I'm going to read through your bio real quick. Cynthia Ulrich Tobias is the author of Focus on the Family's best-selling book, The Way We Learn, and she was in their best of broadcast for years She has over 26 years of private practice, eight years of teaching high school, six years in, of all things, law enforcement. She's authored 11 books, and I think that may be more now. And she's a featured guest on all kinds of shows and presents to businesses, government agencies, churches, schools throughout the U.S. And I, I mean, I could just go on, but Cynthia, when I was researching what to put in your bio for today, something jumped out at me. Two things, really. One thing is you really changed the whole way a culture thought about learning. And and as an ADHD kid, I'm pretty sure (laughs) I was never diagnosed, but I want to tell you, thank you. And I think it really impacted the way I, I raised my children. I have your book on my shelf. And so for me, this is kind of a fun moment to get to interview somebody that I personally find very heroic and inspiring. But I want to read your statement of faith because I think this is so important in the culture we're living in. Now, she talks a little bit about accepting Christ and having God as the center of her life. But then she puts 
this phrase in. So if you're listening, I just want you to hear this. It's so insightful. Because I serve in both religious and secular worlds, I strive to lift him up, that is Jesus, without harsh judgments or blatant sermons. His reign in my life has resulted in some incredible opportunities to recognize the awesome power and creative orchestration of his will in our world. I count it an immense privilege to serve God as a messenger of hope and encouragement, continually bringing the practical truth of his word to a world that sorely needs it. Cynthia, I want to steal that from you. Can I just plagiarize <laughs> that and put it on mine? Sure, you go ahead. I love that. I thought that was so so well thought out and so richly descriptive of our role. Well, I'm, I am deeply humbled um, that God did choose me for this particular mission because I didn't, um, nothing that I talk about is original research with me, for example. I, in my graduate studies, I, I, I tell people I rented a place on the intellectual cul-de-sac where a few people live and even fewer <laughs> people visit. I stayed there with primary researchers and studied and really went deep into the roots of what was pretty boring research about a really fascinating topic. And then my goal was to bring it out to the street where everybody else lives and be able, the ones that are in the trenches and saying, okay, fine, just tell me what I'm supposed to do. But I know that they needed to know that I had a solid basis in empirical, strong, uh, reliable research that I would not lead them astray with a pop psychology or some made-up thing or some cutesy thing. This is solid, but God gave me the ability to sort of, like Eugene Peterson did with the Bible, right, with the message. It's sort of, yes. It, I'm going to just put it in words that are very practical, but I'm going to footnote things, and you can certainly go and check me <clears throat> and find out whether that's whether it's true or not. And, you know, from the beginning, back in October of 1994, when The Way They Learn was first introduced with the first broadcast on Focus on the Family, we hit a high-level mark at that time. And I'll tell you the truth, Kathy, it wasn't just me. It was a a concept whose time had come. I've had so many people, even 30 years later, say, you know, I've never um, done this, but I pulled over to the side of the road. I had a lady tell me just a couple weeks ago. I pulled over to the side of the road during the broadcast, and I've never done that, she said. And I I took notes the rest of the time, and I've had people say, I just had to pull over because I was in tears, realizing, you know, this is why my son is struggling. Well, I couldn't possibly be the author of something like that, right? It's, It's exciting to know that God uses it, and it's humbling to know that God uses it, just like what you do. I'm sure that you have people that'll tell you, oh, you're... Your broadcast changed my life, or your book changed my life. And and what I always reply is what I'm sure you do, too. I can't change anybody's life. But I'm so humbled that God used it and that that I could be a messenger of Mm -hmm. of this kind of of appeal. And and really, I look back, um, you know, in the tapestry that the Lord wound for me and some, I'm sure, some um, detours and roundabouts that I went through that he didn't actually... Uh, have originally planned, but I'm <laughs> yeah. just so grateful that he is still so faithful and that he, I, you know, I pray before every presentation, whether small or large, mm-hmm. uh, Lord, may the words of my mouth and the meditation of my heart be acceptable in thy sight, my, mm-hmm. oh Lord, my strength and my redeemer. And whether I'm talking to a hundred firefighters 
or 8,000 teachers or anybody in between. That's that's my prayer. Yeah, I think sometimes we get focused as speakers. We get focused on that set, the first part, you know, let the words of my mouth. And we forget the, the out of the mouth, out of the heart, the mouth speaks. And the meditations of our heart are what's so crucial to begin from the, right. you know, to go back to that deep, really rooted relationship with Jesus before we can even present anything that has value to others. I love it. I love it that, you know, what inspires me so much is I know it's impossible to be as young as you were when you started this and to have any idea how God was going to take a lifetime and then impact a whole culture as a result of the kind of great information you were putting out there. But I do want to tell you, my daughter, who's a teacher, wanted me to give you a special thanks from her today because all this stuff that we we are so fortunate and so it's so beneficial for young people now to be in schools where their learning styles are are acknowledged and, and that they're they're understand that not everybody learns the same way. And so teachers are all trained in that. And so we're now two or three generations away from that original batch of teachers that were affected by your wonderful material back in the 90s. So uh, anyway, my, my little, my Anna Pierce is my daughter, and she some, often co-hosts with me. And when I told her I was having you on the show today, she said, oh, please tell her thank you for me, Mom. So, oh, that's Anna. That, tell her thank you. And thank you for those encouraging words. Isn't that wonderful to think that you're, and I, I love that for all strong-willed women anyway, and that's really what we're going to be talking about. I was laughing about it with some friends yesterday who have questions for you. I'm saving them for the other podcast. So if you're listening in, this is going to be Cynthia's chance to tell her story. And then we're going to do a second podcast and she's going to tell us how to be strong women in the workplace and give us some really practical tips. So let's back up and talk about your story. Cause I know you're really versed in that. In fact, your latest book, I have the title right here. It's the one I want to order next. Um, oh, where did I put that title? Tell. Oh, no, here it is. The Way We Work, Taking Charge of Your Own Success. So we're going to be t- talking about that in a, in a second podcast, and I want you to look for that if you're listening in today for her story. But let's back up because you were, you were in law enforcement. You weren't thinking that you were going to be a writer at that moment, were you? Well, yeah, I mean, I, I'll tell you this, and I, here's what I found out as a strong-willed woman, young woman. When I first, I was a daughter of a preacher's, I'm a preacher's kid, and my dad was pastoring in Las Vegas. I graduated from Las Vegas High School in Las Vegas, Nevada, and I went to school in Idaho, Northwest Nazarene College at the time in Idaho. So I was a city girl coming to the country, and I already had had it planned what I wanted to do. This was before I realized that God doesn't have a suggestion box. I was putting all kinds of suggestions in. And I stood at the at the foot of the clock tower there in, you know, at age, I hadn't even turned 18 yet. I was going to turn 18 in a couple months. And I told the Lord, okay, um, I I want to be a writer. That's all I want to do. Maybe an editor of some famous New York magazine. but And I'll do some other things on the way to being a writer. But I, I don't want to teach. I'll do anything but teach. That's funny. Um, and so it was only a matter, of course, of a couple months. I was at a stellar school for teachers, and I realized that God did want me to teach. And so I, I obeyed him. I, I changed it to an education major, and I told God, okay, but I, you know, this is a, Idaho is a kind of a dull, boring state. Um, I'll teach anywhere but Idaho. I'll go ahead and teach. <laughs> and so the, my first three years of teaching high school, of course, were spent in Idaho. 
And um, you, I, you know what? by then I, I had I loved Idaho, and I still love Idaho now. But, I'm going to no, have to got, interrupt you. We've got 30 seconds to the break. Can you believe it? When we come back, I'm going to hear more about your teaching, and I want to hear more about how Focus on the Family, how that developed, and a little bit about your own parenting with your own sons who are now grown, and I know they're so proud of you. Cynthia, thank you so much for being with me. Y'all stay with me, and don't forget you can find more at CynthiaTobias.com. I'll give you that when we get back. Okay. We don't want to miss a moment at Fireside Talk Radio, so stay tuned for more adventures as we talk about the things women store and ponder in their hearts. More truth with a Texas twang when we return. You ought to see my blue-eyed Sally. She lives way down on Shimbone Alley. The number on the gate and the number on the door in the next house over is a grocery store. Hi, this is Kathy. As women, we have a lot to ponder, but even the toughest topics are easier when we open up authentically and share our tenderest wisdom with each other. During this break, I want to mention a special way you can help other women. You can sign up for our blog and share it with your friends. Our podcasts are designed to create tools to talk about the toughest topics at home or at work. You can help by going to Kathy Craffy, C-A-T-H-Y-K-R-A-F as in Frank, V as in Victor, E as in Edward, dot com. We hope you love sharing these conversational adventures as much as we love bringing in experts to tell their stories and share their wisdom. Truth with a Texas twang spoken here. My parents are getting older and I want to be there to help. But sometimes I spend more time taking care of them than my own family. It's starting to put pressure on my marriage, and I feel like I'm ignoring my kids. My parents need help. I need help. My mom wants to stay at home, but she honestly can't handle it on her own anymore. I've been taking care of her, but I just want to be her daughter again. I know mom feels the same way. I'm not sure where to turn. If you're struggling to care for your parents, you're not alone. Home Instead Senior Care can help. With personalized service and a personal touch, our caregivers will help your parents stay in the place they call home. Home Instead Senior Care. To us, it's personal. Thank our generous sponsors for making these candid conversations possible at Fireside Talk Radio, where we talk openly about the things women store and ponder in their hearts, where truth and Texas twang meet. Hey, welcome back. We're talking with Cynthia Tobias, and I want to spell your name, Cynthia. It's S-Y-N-T-H-I-A Tobias. C-Y-N-T-H-I-A. Oh, sorry. I, you know, people do that to me all the time, too. Uh, C-Y-N-T-H-I-A-T-O-B-I-A-S dot com right. is where you can find all so many resources that Cynthia has put out. She can come speak to your groups. I mean, she just has an extensive ministry. And, and there's even places there where teachers can find a whole 
the whole training segments that are available online 24-7. So there's just a lot of really rich, beautiful things, resources available for all of us, but especially strong women. So tell us a little more of your story. When, did you know you were a strong woman even when you were young? Yeah, I pretty much knew that. You know, growing up as a preacher's kid, you have to kind of fill in wherever nobody else is. And so it yeah. wasn't um, it wasn't unusual to have a leadership I just I hadn't I just hadn't anticipated kind of where it would go necessarily, but I wasn't afraid of stepping up and taking responsibility. And I I really fell in love with teaching. I I loved high school kids, <clears throat> and I started teaching in public school, high school there in Idaho. And I was just so excited to teach because I just knew that the kids would be excited to learn. And I was so caught up at the beginning to find out they weren't excited to learn. Oh my goodness, they didn't even like school, and and they thought it was a prison sentence and a place they had to just serve their time and so many parents were so frustrated they said that you know they're they're not what do I do they're struggling and I found out so many for so many kids the classroom really didn't fit who they were well I started um every summer I would go back to work just to make sure that I was really preparing them for the world of work they were about to enter and I was looking for creative ways to teach them and so I chauffeured limousines one summer on Queen Anne Hill in Seattle and I worked in Boise, Idaho, for the Mack Truck Company one summer. And one of the things I discovered right away was that you get hired for pretty much everything you got in trouble for in school. Because I discovered that human resources, they're looking for people with good social interaction, high energy level, um, independent thinking skills. And I, I thought as a teacher, boy, we're not only not fostering that, we're actively discouraging that. And so I, I about that time, I... Uh, ran across a weekend seminar at Seattle Pacific University for teachers, and they were talking about learning styles that I hadn't really heard of at that point, that term. Yeah. And that's what revolutionized everything. I came back, tried it in the classroom, radical difference. Um, yeah. <clears throat> and then I got married uh, later. I didn't get married till I was 33 and had uh, my twin boys at 37, so I was an older mom. And mm-hmm. I was I was discovering all kinds of things. Before I got married, I... I um, took a ride along with a police officer friend of mine in uh-huh. one of my summers during the high school career, and it was like somebody injected it in my bloodstream, and, and I thought, I just have to do this for a while. And this was in the 80s, early 80s, and they, they told me, quite frankly, in the, this department, they said, we don't have any women, we just don't want any women. <laughs> and I said, well, I, you know, this is when you could still say that anyway, and I said, well, I don't want to do it. I don't want to do it because I'm a woman. I just think I'd be a good cop. <laughs> and you you have this little oral board, you know, that does it. And so one of the sergeants happened to know a little bit about my background. And he said, well, didn't you grow up in kind of a goody two-shoes background? And I oh. said, well, my dad's a preacher. Why? And he said, so do you swear? And I said, no, we weren't allowed to use profanity growing up. I don't swear. And he said, well, can you? And <laughs> I said, I don't think so. But he said, because you, let me just tell you, you little lady, he says, as he points his finger at me, he oh, says, no. I'll give you a, tr- a chance to be a cop and give you the training, but I give you six months. Six months, you mark my words. You're going to be swearing like a longshoreman. Well, I'm strong-willed enough to, I don't like <laughs> the bony finger, and I don't like anybody <laughs> predicting that they know for sure what I'm going to do. So what I found out, of course, when I was growing up, um, I was... One of my great strengths, I thought, was what I considered my gift of sarcasm. Right? When oh. you're younger, people don't consider it a gift. They have a lot of other <laughs> names for it. But gift is not one of them. 
But when I was a police officer, and I did this for six years, I, I found out that sarcasm, for me, it worked better than profanity. You know, the right. bad guy being in the holding cell yelling and screaming and calling me names. Right. And suddenly I would say, you know, I'm rubber and you're glue. Everything you say bounces off of me and sticks to you. And then he'd just go ballistic and angry, and he'd say, oh, big woman cop, huh? I bet you hate all men. And I'd say, you know, not normally, but in your case, I'm willing to make an exception. I said, you know, the bottom line is when I finish booking you in, I go home to a comfortable house. And if you'll take a peek back there, that's your roommate. See Spike back there? That's where you're spending the night. Well, in six years, I never had to once utter a word of profanity. I got in trouble a couple times for too smart a mouth. But what I tell parents with strong-willed kids especially is, you know, it comes to you raw with the kids. And But if you – usually with most of our kids – the things that irritate us the most when they're growing up are indicative of some of their greatest strengths that they're going to be most oh. successful with later. I and need it's to talk just, to you. We're not on air. I need to talk to you about one my, my son. Okay. <laughs> He's got lots of raw talent. <laughs> well, you know, most kids do. And, yeah. and again, one, one of my most popular themes lately in speaking is talking about who gets to decide what's normal. You know, they can't all have ADD. Um, right. We can't just assume that because they don't, they're restless or don't pay attention or want to do different things, that there's something wrong. But somehow, in Thank our you. education system, I wasn't, you know, I was just so sure I would be able to make a difference. But in the end, right now, we're still looking at at kids who get kind of categorized as abnormal, even when they're using their strengths. And so right. that was challenging. And, I, and of course, my, with my twins, I was pregnant with twins. After I got married, we we were married for about three years. And then I got my own in-home laboratory with my twin boys. Yeah. Two minutes apart, redheads look like Pete and repeat. They still do Aww. at age 28. And Aww. God said, I'll tell you what, I'll give you some practice. And I got a master's degree in the learning styles, and and I was using them for both police and for in, yeah. in the high school classroom. And about that time, I, you know, about that time I got 1992, I think it was, I got a phone call kind of out of the blue. I was teaching seminars and stuff, and I got a phone call from the acquisitions editor at Focus on the Family in uh, Colorado Springs, and she said, we've seen some of your handouts and heard about some of your seminars, and we're wondering, would you like to write a book for us? And wow. I said, let me think about it. Yes. And, and, <laughs> yeah. And then wow. uh, and, and two years later, the book, The Way They Learn, came out almost 20 years or so to the day that I had stood at that clock tower and told God that all I wanted to be was a writer. And it was like God said to me, what would you have written about? I mean, here I was, some fresh, you know, rookie kid at 18 who was going to write a book about what? He he needed, he if he had if somebody had told me that day that it would take 20 years for my dream to come true, it would have been too discouraging. But, of course, that's not how God works. He gives us, he, he gives us step by step and weaves that tapestry of experiences into our lives. And for some people... You know, even now as they're listening to us, they have a dream that they had 30 years ago, and they go, well, I guess it's never going to come true now. Not necessarily. Look at all the preparation that God does for us, all the things that he has us live through so that we have something to write about, so that we have something to offer and give to the world. I remember my son Mike went to college, and he wanted his major to be business because he just wanted to own his own business. I yeah. Said, you can't just own your own business right off. You got to start in a different place, Mike. You got to have some experience. You can't. We just want to jump to the end, but God has such amazing ways to to weave in our backgrounds. 
I love that. And and I love that about your story. There's, there's so much richness and depth there. And you told me that you're sharing it on focus on the family. And, and by the time this podcast comes out, I believe the focus on the family broadcast will be out there. So tell us how we can find that. Probably the best way is to go to focusonthefamily.com. And if you put my name in there, it should pop up with a URL. If not, it'll be on my author Facebook page, which is Cynthia Ulrich Tobias on Facebook or at Cynthia. Yeah. You're going to you're going to tell us some more about your story, but we're going to run out of time really quickly. And so I don't I want people to know they can find your stuff on your website, CynthiaTobias.com. They can go to focus on the family and find you there. And especially your most recent broadcast that tells so many, many of the details of your personal story. And then I'm going to have a blog in KathyCrafty.com, K-R-A-F-V-E.com where you can find more about Cynthia and the things that she shared in this interview and the other interview we're doing. So I I just want people to know that there's a lot of really great material out there. And don't forget, she has these fabulous books, two of which I own. The the ones I own are, tell me the title of The Strong-Willed Woman. I just finished it. A Woman of Strength and and Purpose. That's the one. I I have it on my my iPad. It's the only Christian book that doesn't try to talk you out of strong will. I love that. Oh, my gosh. I, I That book ministered to me so much. In fact, one of the things I have on my desk today is a long, it's like four pages of quotes because I couldn't decide which quote to use on the show with you. I loved so much of everything that I actually took everything that the publisher would let me transfer on an email. They, they told me I'd reached my limits. So I had to quit, but it's like four pages of quotes. Here's a quote from her book, The the. I, I'm not going to be able to say it. A woman of strength and purpose directing your strong will to improve relationships, expand influence, and honor God. There, I had it written down. It's. Uh, I quickly realized that most people get hired for the things they got in trouble for in school. Good social interaction, independent thinking skills, and a high energy level. To quote you, you, you said it on the show earlier. Right. And here's another one that I love. Local churches and fellowships could reach out to this unique and largely overlooked population of women who may not have particularly felt valued in a traditional church setting before. Those that I, those are two that spoke to me, I have to say. But I've got four pages of quotes from that book. I highly recommend it. So if you're looking for something good to read, and then, of course, I'm about to order mine, uh, my copy of your one you just wrote on being a strong woman in the workplace. We have one minute left. Give me a quick summary of one of the most important things you've learned in life, Cynthia. One of the most important things that God doesn't have a suggestion box and that he is faithful um, when we put our life in his hands. He knows what he's doing. And after the break, I know we're going to talk about how my life took an unexpected turn. And there are times when things happen that are unexpected for us, but God is not surprised by anything. And he turns you know, and he's the best orchestra conductor in the world, and he just he takes the drop notes and the missed music and just weaves it right in, and the symphony goes on. Well, you know what? You're a perfect example of how God can use a woman to change a culture. So find our other podcast. She's going to talk some more to us about being strong women in the workplace, and thank you for listening in. This is Truth with a Texas Twang spoken here. Thank you.
you for joining us today where we speak truth with a Texas twang about the very things that touch our hearts. Thank you for joining us today, and we will see you again next week. Oh, Got in.